Thank you for joining me for this Tuesday special podcast. But before we get into the episode, I'm going to hit you up with a few of our sponsors. First being Cabarrus Brewing Company. Like I've always said with me since day one, CabarrusBrewing.com, 329 McGill Avenue, Concord, North Carolina. Your beer from here. The best beer I've ever drank in my life. Go check them out if you're in the area. If not, go to their website, CabarrusBrewing.com, and support them because they're awesome people. Second is Thread Forge Apparel. I just talked to Brad yesterday. He's back up and running. You can order your shirts, apparel, bag. I don't, I don't, I don't know what all he does. He just prints good quality stuff with good quality of material. You can find them online at Threadforge, T-H-R-E-A-D-F-O-R-G-E dot co, or on Facebook, Threadforge Apparel Company. Check them out. Brad's a good dude. It's an awesome company. Quality work, quality products. Check them out. And last but not least, the new apparel company that has chosen to support the Tuesday Special Podcast. It's called 1820 Apparel. Check them out online, wear1820.com. They have four shirts out, one being one of my favorites. It's the Shasta Soldier shirt. It's uh, supporting my girlfriend's sister, Shasta Kirkechi. Uh, she has a stage four liver disease and is needing a liver transplant. And what a lot of people don't know is whenever you have to go up to the hospital that you're going to have the transplant, you have to stay in a certain mileage vicinity from that hospital with for three to six months, and that comes out of your pocket. Uh, that's a huge financial burden, and we're trying to help her out at eight, with 1820. Go to the site. You can buy a Shasta Soldier shirt. Uh, I know they have one out now. They're coming out with a few more. As good, it should be released this coming week. Uh, and if you buy it, all proceeds go to Shasta to help the financial burden of, of finding housing, finding food, uh, travel, everything like that in the Durham area. But yeah, so uh, it's a good cause, good company, brand new, right out of the box, still smells brand new. Check them out, wear1820.com. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Yeah, that's right. I just heard that Mace song. You remember that Mace? You remember Mace? Let me tell you a secret. One time I met Mace. In Atlanta, Georgia, at a black church, I was there for some retreat. This was when I was in high school, and he was in his preacher stint. And he, like, he preached at this thing, and then he came down, and we met him. And it was so weird because I remember like the Mo Money Mo Problems Mace and the like, the P Diddy Mace, and he was he was a super nice guy. And uh, like the day after that, I saw a step competition for the first time in my life. And uh, those of you who are listening to this who have never seen me, I'm the whitest of white, but uh, that was the funnest time I've ever had at a church event ever in my life. And just the topping, uh, icing on the cake, I should say, was I got to meet Mace. But for some reason, that was that was the end because that, that correlates with the episode today uh, where I sit down with with one, I think it's Quentin Kevin Jordan. I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I call him Kevin. His real name is Quentin Jordan. I call him Kevin, so I'm just gonna put Kevin Jordan. I, let me. I tell you what, I'm recording this early, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get in touch with him and ask him how he wants me to put his name. But for the sake of the intro, I'm gonna say Kevin. Uh, Kevin of Dojo Studios, Photo Dojo Studios. 
Kevin of Photo Dojo Studios. Uh, Ke- yeah, dude, this, like, me and Kevin, Kevin's a quiet guy sometimes. And uh, I really wanted to get him on the podcast because he's a very, like, very interesting dude. And he, he's just an awesome, like, there's, t- there's people in life that you'll meet that just share, like, a passion or uh, the, the, the will to follow a dream. And you can just sense that about him. And when you're around him, you're just like, man, he's, he's like good energy. That's what, that's, what, that's what I'm trying to say. There's people that put off good energy. And Kevin is one of those people. And uh, if people that don't, don't, or don't really know who I'm talking about, Kevin, if you ever go to a pure show, uh, Kevin's the one that's sitting behind the, light rig, uh, the lighting setup. Uh, Kevin's the one that controls the lights. Uh, I, when, whenever we bought the pure building, we had no idea how to do any of this stuff. Uh, our, our main lighting guy is Clifford, Cliff Riggins. Uh, he's, he was on an episode, an earlier episode of the podcast. Uh, you're more than welcome to go back and check it out after you listen to this one. Uh, it's in our archives. But uh, Kevin's like our secondary, and Kevin, Kevin's gotten so good at lighting. But Kevin is it's not just a lighting guy. Kevin's a photographer. Kevin's a video editor. Kevin's a video like camera operator. Kevin, Kevin's been part of movies. Ke- like Kevin has such a cool background, and uh, like we we realized it before we never really talked about how we first met each other, which was like probably seven or eight or nine years ago uh, in professional wrestling, and it's crazy how like we separated uh, with like two entities and went like like just revolved around the sun with each other, and then came back finally just met up our universes met back up, and now we're back working together. And it's like we we get all into it, and and we talk about music. Like Kevin's a big music, and and what I got out of this, and I told him afterwards, and and I won't go into full detail in the intro because I want you guys to hear it. But like Kevin, it's it's I, I usually try to run an interview, and I, and like I'll I'll give some advice or I'll give my opinion on things. But Kevin catches me off guard. Kevin starts motivating me, and like after after we finished this interview, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, man, I needed that. Like I needed somebody to tell me something like that. I needed somebody to say, "Listen, don't don't doubt yourself. Like you're you're good at what you do. This is what you need to do. You don't because just because you're scared of failing at something, don't let that failure keep you from accomplishing a goal. Like you you're you're, you're a badass. Go out there and do it. And dude, this is like this this conversation. I loved Kevin before. This this conversation made me love him even more. It made me want to work with him even more. Like I told him, I was like, dude, we got we got to work together more. Like this is you're the type of people I like to surround myself with. You're the type of people that I like to work with. And this is I've been a like I'm, I'm, I can rant on about this forever. So I'm gonna stop myself. But I'm a big proponent of when people ask me, uh, like what what how do you, how do you achieve success? And I say it's this will, the will, the belief in the main goal that you're that you're looking to achieve. And it's surrounding yourself by people that know they can be successful and have that successful outlook on life. And that's Kevin. And I love him for that. And, and I love this conversation. This, this might be, no offense to any other guests, this might be one of my favorite conversations I had. It takes a little second to get going. And you're going to hear some yelling and stuff in the background. We're like in the open, open area of Hebron. Uh, so you hear Zane yelling and a few of the other guys yelling in the background. But hey, man, that's real life. That's how it is. Sometimes we don't live in California. We can't have these damn hundred thousand dollar studios. Yeah, just gotta crank up two mics, H four N, and record an interview. And that's exactly what we did. And out came some advice that hit me right in the heart. And I owe that all to my guest, 
the one and only Kevin Jordan. cussing in the background it's because Zane's in the background and I gave Kevin a choice of doing this in the office or doing it out here in the open where the I, ring I, is I the office was it wasn't was well the office is very packed right now okay. but in order in order to Kevin I know you're new to this but in order to talk into a podcast you have to talk into the mic you mean like this this is audio only thank you Yaya. okay uh, this was audio only so they mm-hmm. can't see us well, uh, they still shouldn't be able to feel how beautiful I am, though. So, so, so is everything like, – we can talk about anything, right? So we can talk about Ring Divas? We can talk about Ring Divas, but I would say stick away from talent who are still active in the wrestling business. No, no, no. I won't, I'm not going to name any names. Okay. I just want to, like, is – we'll start with, like, I've, I have a string of, of these episodes where I've done a lot of wrestling-related. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm trying to, like, break them up so it's not just repetitively wrestling. Okay. But I'm on a I'm on a run right now, so and I wanted to get a bunch of my friends from wrestling. So this this is like so if you're a wrestling fan and you're listening to this, or if you like Doritos, Brian's eating Doritos right beside us. <laughs> the and there's another crotch shot from Brian. That's two in a row, <laughs> two shows in a row. The uh, like this is going to be another somewhat wrestling related, but you never know. Like okay. like Cade, we talked about uh, his mocap stuff, and mm-hmm. with Eric, we talked about kind of wrestling, but we also talked about a few different things. So this might be wrestling. This might be music. I've heard your music like fiend. I do all right. <laughs> so so we, we might talk about some music because okay. I'm very inspiring. Like I have, music inspires me big time. Right on. So we'll talk about that. But so it was is Ring D was your introduction into or was AC, AC, it was ACW was ACW was introduction. Okay. So that's when we first met. Yeah. Um, Long time ago. Yeah. Patrick he was doing the training for ACW Johnny Blaze at the yeah. time and. Uh, uh, when I went with him to train, when he was over with High Spots and and uh, George was out there training everybody, mm-hmm. that's why I ran into you, Cat. So yeah, okay. Did you train at all, or did you? I took a couple of bumps, but I did not train. You were the, you were the smart one. You took a bump, and you're like, nope. <laughs> no, I was in like not three car me. accidents, and my back was like ah, jacked okay. up, and I was like, uh, you know, nah. I was gonna say, you like the smart. What we call the smart ones are the ones that bump, and like, nope, I need to find something else I can do. <laughs> See, I wrestled for like six or seven years, and then I was then everybody found out, oh, he's good at graphics and videos, <laughs> and I said, oh, you're gonna pay me this much to do graphics and videos, which is twice as much as you paid me to wrestle. You're like, hmm. And yes, I don't please. have to fall on the ground. Yeah. And All I, right. Yeah, I don't have to get my ass kicked every. <laughs> it's great. So, so ACW. Mm-hmm. Then whenever he, like, whenever he shut down or stopped doing ACW mm-hmm. and transitioned to Ring Divas, right? And we're talking about Patrick Johnny Blaze. Mm-hmm. Uh, you like transitioned with him, right? And so they own the building that we're in right now mm-hmm. that he run. Did it, did it start out just here? Did he buy the building? No, it started out. Uh, we were at a almost a. Um, like a small like garage type place and it was pretty crazy uh we'd drive up with the girls and everything else and um next door was a guy who worked in the auto parts store yeah so he had like these three big pit bulls and everything oh right next to the door and every time we get there we'd be like um kenny uh hi yeah this is patrick hey this is kev um we need you to come to your uh garage to go ahead and move these dogs because nobody can get past the dogs yeah we kind of need to work today so yeah the so, like Ring Divas, some people understand it. Some people give it like a bad name. Some people don't understand it or make assumptions about it. Mm-hmm. 
and it was it was a custom setup mm-hmm. as far as my knowledge was. Okay. I remember when it like first got started and I like I whenever Patrick because what a lot of people don't know is Patrick the way I got into ACW is when I trained mm-hmm. in wrestling it was like Jeff Richards, Jeff Justice, right. Lodi. Thank you, Gaia. Uh Lodi. Uh, I'm trying to think. Mike Bakikio, the guy on tie spots, and mm-hmm. then and Patrick. Patrick, yeah, and, yeah, and uh, Patrick, like Big me and me and my buddy, me and Big Country used to be the bumping buddies <laughs> of <laughs> the bumping buddies of Michael and Patrick when right. we trained. And then Big Country got like Matt got as I know him, Matt mm-hmm. got in good with Patrick and did really well for him. And mm-hmm. then like I got in to run a thing with Big Country or Matt right at the end of ACW, right, and it just stopped. And then he started Ring Divas, and he like it took a while to get going, but then it did really well for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Patrick's probably one of the—I don't want to make this all about Patrick, but he was like probably one of the most talented people I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Like one of the most techno- technologically talented, like graphic, video editing. There's, there's—I mean, there's a bunch of people in the world that are better than mm-hmm. I am, but he's one that like trumps me. Yeah, um, when it comes to Patrick, he's not a person. He's like a force of nature. Yes. Like, he's a person, I would say he's not a person at all. He's actually just pure will. Like, yeah. If he wants to go ahead and learn how to do something, yeah. he's going to sit there, take three days, learn how to do it, be expert on it. Like, for example, he started up doing video games, and he's like, you know, I want to go ahead and do uh, um, wrestling, learn wrestling. Then he's like, you know, I want to go ahead and learn how to do movies. He then sits he there movies. and learn how to do movies, directing what you need to do. He would freaking look at, uh, we need this type of lens for this type of shot. Go ahead and do all of that stuff. And, and then just buy it and go. Keep going with it, yeah. God. So, so you, now you're also an accomplished photographer. I appreciate it. The, now, did you do any photos? Did you do photography for Ring Divas? Yep, I did uh, photography for Ring Divas. Um, uh, pretty much that, uh, coordinating for people's rides to the airport stuff, which is really cool because yeah. uh, just doing those kind of rides, it's almost like picking up your friends for summer camp. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, my God, how you doing? And we get a chance to catch up, and it's a beautiful thing. And there's and like like we stated before, there are a lot of active members of the wrestling community that still wrestle that were part of Ring Divas. Absolutely. Uh, whether they want to associate with it or not. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure your friends with – I know you're probably friends with Val – Mm-hmm. Who I love to death. Yeah. I remember when we did the Fight TV show. I had to do an interview with Val, and as mm-hmm. soon as I saw her, we were like, "I know right you! I know up. you!" She's so <laughs> awesome. But they, yeah. So it's like it's interesting that it, it like it's come full circle because I don't know if you know this or not, but when me and Brian, or more so when Brian, but I came up here once, mm-hmm. uh, met with Patrick about taking over the the building and everything. Okay. The first thing Patrick said was like, "Hey, there's a guy named Kevin." who helps me, all I ask is that you keep him in, in the loop. Like, where you, like, let him help you because he's good. And trust Damn. me. And we said, okay, cool. And then we saw, then I met you when we first, <laughs> the little first, uh, the announcement being net for like, this thing. I was like, I know him. <laughs> I'm like, like, dude, that's yeah. my dude, like, back in the day. Yeah, it's so crazy. And the crazy thing is I used to love, like, I used to come to the um, PW shows all the time and everything. Like, really? I was there at the first uh, – a war games. Um, mm-hmm. Every time I talk to Brian online, I'm like, "Hey, Brian, I'm coming to the show." He's like, "All right, cool." He didn't know who I was from yeah. nobody, but he would always be the nicest cat on. The oh way. yeah, he walked to me, know me by my name and everything. All I know is Patrick invited me to a show here and then said, "Nope, can't come." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> 
but they uh but yeah so it's, it's cool that it has come like full it's circle. come full circle in the wrestling realm now people tell me that you're a music person yeah like you are you a music historian i would i wish i had the knowledge to say historian i just know what i like and i kind of like a lot of things so what's your, what's your taste in music uh literally everything um well, I, well let's start with this are okay. you a concert person yeah so what's the this, that's a hard one? Like, what's the best? Con, I was gonna say, what's the best concert you've uh, ever been to? Like, okay. Mine's weird. I, I'm probably right. There's a couple of local cats who are good. Like, I loved going to the Take Nine concert when he came through yeah. here. Um, one of my boys, F. Dukes, opened up for him. Um, loved going to the it was the Ninja show, I think, uh, with Nine Inch Nails and Jane's Addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, Motley Crue, the uh, their one of their farewell tours because yeah. they went through so many. Did times. you go to the Motley Crue and Aerosmith show in Charlotte? I missed that, and I was so pissed because I went to the one where it was uh, Motley Crue, uh, six a.m. and um, Alex Cooper was there. Nice, <laughs> nice. See, I've seen Nine Inch Nails. I went to I went to a concert, and I had I've never been a Nine. I know some of their songs. I've never been a fan. Mm-hmm. One of the most interesting concerts I've ever seen in my life. Right. It was crazy because I found out how like I've always seen documentaries on like Trent Reznor, mm-hmm. and I've seen like I've heard how he's very artistic right. with his sounds, and he's that's what's so crazy about Nine Inch Nails. He does every, he plays everything mm-hmm. in the band like when they're recording, and he finds all these unique sounds with like Samples spoons yeah. in cups and stuff like that, and like the way that concert was laid out was there was nothing on the stage. Mm-hmm. And then somebody just walked out and put a beat machine, like on a, on a, on a stand. Are you serious? In the middle of the stage. Like and then walked machine, off. Like- yeah, and then walked off. Wow. And then he just walks out, and he starts playing the beat machine. And he does one song with just him and the beat machine. And then another person comes out, and then it's like a guitar. So and then it he does it. Yeah, and it just keeps building until like halfway through the the set – like the whole, there's a whole stage with the lighting rig and everything Holy that's crap. just built in front of your face during the show. It was the most amazing thing ever. Damn. And I remember the one thing I remember from it is that yours? Oh, you just found it? <laughs> Tyler brought it earlier. Oh, the, uh, well, I was asking, that's why I was asking. I was asking people that, who it was because I was about to eat it. <laughs> but, uh, no, that's good. I'm good. I'm going to stop and get some Chipotle. <laughs> the, the, uh, the one thing I remember about it was, there was a screen and like his face it was like a motion thing mm-hmm. it showed his face digitally on the screen mm-hmm. and he and it was showing it and it was uh, I can't remember what song it was but it was showing it and then the screens parted and it showed him like looking into the camera wow like the digital camera and then he turns around and he goes back to the stage and I was like dude this guy is amazing like I've been a Nine Inch Nails fan since that concert yeah it was insane then like my favorite concert I've ever been to was Coldplay I know I'm gonna get shit for that no, no, let, let it be Dude. known. Yo, I went to Coldplay concert when it was up here in Charlotte. Coldplay X and Y in like 2013? It was like X and Y or... It, I think it was 2000. It, it no, it was 2003, 2004-ish. Yeah, because um, they did do Paradise and they had the little butterflies come through. No, that was later. Okay. X and Y was the one that they did picture. Oh, you, you, you talk about... Um, they did picture and the screen came up. And they counted it was like three, two, one, and it yeah. and the whole screen was white, so it lit up the entire crowd. Wow. And like it showed every like no, I'm sorry. The screen showed the crowd, so you see all the bulbs going off. Oh which my is gosh. cool. They had like a big long screen behind them that raised and I remember because they had a countdown for like forty five minutes. And it was just on the big screen, just forty five minutes. And then when it hit sure. one, that's when they started their set. 
It was, it was just in, like innovative. And this mm-hmm. was 2003. Like innovative yeah. stuff for the time. Yeah. And now I've always been a Coldplay fan since then because I was like, that was the most entertaining concert I've mm-hmm. ever seen in my life. I'm going to tell you. How was Tech Nine? Have you ever met Tech Nine? What? Have you ever met Tech Nine? Uh, like in person? Uh, I came up close to him. Like when since Dukes was uh, if Dukes was opening for him, he let me take uh, pictures of Tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like for three songs, like Tech is just like rapping in front of me. I'm like, uh, ha, 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 ha. yeah. So yeah, he's awesome. I have one of those awesome moments. Him, yeah. The like is that is that how you got into music is through photography or have um, you always you always been a music fan? Uh, I've always been a music fan. Like even in like high school, I was the one who's getting picked on for being the brother who actually liked Nine Inch Nails, who liked uh, oh, Pearl you're Jam. that guy. Oh, you're that an instant clown posse person. Yeah, whoop, okay. whoop, you know, family. <laughs> no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not judging. I'm yeah. not judging. <laughs> You seem yeah. like you seem like you'd be one of the incline, insane cloud posse. Fans. Oh yeah, like uh, I take no offense. I don't mean that in a, in a like a negative way. No, 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 no matter what people say. I've, I mean, I, I know some of their stuff. I remember Marcellus King. You remember Marcellus King? Yeah. When we started the circus, mm-hmm. he said, uh, "I got this. I got this. Uh, I don't even remember the name of the song. I got this uh, song for you." And the way it started out was like a minute of like. <laughs> fall into the souls of the that's the way it started and uh and i was like what in the hell mm-hmm. but then it kicked in and like two, that was our circus music forever i used like the little some dude, weird dude, circus dude. yeah music, the weird circus music uh to start it and then mm-hmm. went into where that song kicks in then it was like i i love that but i've never been a, like i've never just gotten into them it's not i'm not a fan yeah. it's just that it's never i've never intrigued like went down the rabbit hole of mm-hmm. ICP music. Well, the thing about ICP music is um, it's kind of crazy because, like, a lot of people have their misconceptions and everything, but uh, it, oh, it's, it's so much about family. Like, you go there. If you go to the show, you're not treated any different from anybody. You get hugs from, like, everybody. You're just like, hey, what's up, brother? What's up, Ninja? You know what I'm saying? It's just, yeah. it's just family out it's there. It's like I have – you have to respect those guys, mm-hmm. those guys' hustle. Oh, yeah. Because they've – like, they're, they're self-made, like, mm-hmm. millionaires. I assume they're millionaires. Oh, yeah. And, like, I was told by a good source that did some of the wrestling shows at the ICP thing mm-hmm. that they lose money on the ju- gathering of the Juggalos oh, yeah, every year. Like, they just lose money, mm-hmm. and they don't care because it's, like, the family thing. Right. That it's, like, the thing they look forward to every year. Absolutely. Which is crazy to me. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess if you have that much money, you can lose a little bit and not worry that yeah, much. Yeah, you're still taking care of your fans, and your fans are going to still take care of you. But, uh, like... They just—it's just always a great thing for them to see, like going around in golf carts, just seeing all these people there, just to enjoy each other, enjoy their type of and music drugs. and everything else. That's a big part of it too, yeah. <laughs> so that's there. And drugs. <laughs> I, was, I saw uh, I saw a documentary. Okay. On like the Gathering of the Juggalos, and oh I was gosh. like, I don't know. I remember like Zane went, mm-hmm. Zane and Caleb went one time, and oh I, they're like, dude, it was insane. <laughs> it was just like, I don't, I don't know that I won't. Like, I, I'd be, I'd, I'd fear for my life. <laughs> I fear I get roofied and fear for my life. Well, just go ahead and just watch your cup and just enjoy yourself. Right yeah, you like know, bring like it's like it's like being in Mexico. I'm just going to bring a whole case of bottled water that only I have yeah. access to. Just keep. I'm just going to drink bottled water the exactly. entire time. <laughs> the uh, so when when did you get into photography? Like were you were you like trained or is it kind of like taught um, yourself? Yeah, it was like uh, when I. Was little. There used to be like the whole like McAdamville and uh, PTL. They used to be around here. Yeah. Where you had to see the lights for Christmas and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're a little kid, you always take pictures of those type of things. Um, but then after that, went to college and started taking pictures of, like models and everybody else. 
Uh, after that, went to actually take pictures at like glamour shots for a little while. Uh huh. I was one of those dudes in the mall, like, hey, you want me to take oh, really? pictures for you? So, did you now? So, when you went to college, did you go to college for yeah. like photography? Uh, I went for ceramics actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did start off with photography, but they were like, in order to get a, a photography degree, you got to do commercial arts. And I yeah. was like, uh, I'm not really good with illustrating stuff, so let me just yeah. go and switch that out. See, you're the complete opposite of me. <laughs> like, I'm good at illustrator and Photoshop Vector and like marketing. And all kind of yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at like I'm I'm good at. Tell me if I'm wrong. I've yeah. I've, told, I've always told people like the one of the master keys to photography is composition. Mm-hmm. As long as you understand composition and know how to compose a shot, right? Then you can make any shot look amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I don't care if it's a, your kid playing in your backyard. Yep. You know how to compose it right and get a, a unique angle, then you can make a shot amazing. And also, you can if you figure out the story that goes along with the shot. The the one thing that always scared me that's kind of getting away from it in vid, in the video realm mm-hmm. is you have to have gear. You, know, okay. you have to have insane <laughs> gear. And by and if people that aren't under, they don't understand like the like talk mm-hmm. uh, like photography talk or right. like gear as equipment. You have to have like top of the line equipment. Is it now? Is it true that Nikon's better than Canon when taking like with pictures? Hmm. I've always told people I think Nikon's better than Canon with okay. still photos. I think Canon is better than Nikon when it comes to video. Um, I've seen like they're almost neck and neck right now. It's ridiculous. Like I shoot with a Canon, but uh, Nikon's pictures are very beautiful. I'm gonna tell you who's coming up really good. Like if you're shooting video, you can still look at like Pentax or even Sony cameras. Dude, those Sony mirrorless those, cameras are yes, insane. Like A7 III yes. and all that. Oh yes. my god. Yeah, like 4K, Brad. Beautiful. Oh, Brad has an A6, mm-hmm. and we've shot some stuff. That stuff we shot, and, yeah, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the test stuff. And it's freaking insane how it's it's weird because you see not not just the 120 frames per second or mm-hmm. the or the like slow mo right. stuff you can do with it, but the just the the colors mm-hmm. like the just simplicity of the colors so and how it's kind of so saturated. It's and- just like oh. My God. And that's right out of the gate. Like, that's right out of the yeah, box. No LUTs, no color corrections. Yeah, that's yeah. just hit recording. Your and I, like, I still don't know why I haven't gotten one yet. I have, like, I have three Canon, like, T5Is. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, T5. The one with the flip out. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I like. The good one, yeah. Yeah. And I, I just can't. I'm like, I could sell all of these mm-hmm. and buy me one Sony, like, A7 III for like a thousand dollars one the reason i think you haven't done it is because of the jump of then you're gonna have to start going into editing in 4k if you want to yes that do, gotta, that hurts yeah everything editing yeah. 4k getting a 4k machine gives you a graphics card that can handle 4k it, it's and, insane yeah. it, it, i shot one thing on my iphone in 4k mm-hmm. and when i tried to transition it over it, and start editing it, it took forever yeah and i'm just like <laughs> i don't want to like i don't want to buy a mac pro Mm-hmm. Like just to edit in 4K, I'll, I'll stick with 1080p. I personally like 720p because mm-hmm. I feel like 18 1080p is like you have to have a super like good computer to watch right. it. And most people watch the show on their phone, mm-hmm. and 720p with- is is is, is going to look just the same as 1080p on. And phone. also, let's just be realistic. Some things are not needed to be seen in 1080p. No. Like 720 like, is a beautiful yeah. thing for some people. If someone, if someone, if you're like uh, Jake James and someone flies you to like Barbados to mm-hmm. film the ocean oh, and gosh. beachfront property, yeah. then yeah, you need 4K stuff. I'm getting me a 4K drone yeah. and I'm getting everything. Exactly. Yes. But if I, like, I'm filming a music video from a friend that I'm not getting paid for, I'm going to shoot oh, the shit in 720p. So I can edit it fast and get back to it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that I can edit in one night. Mm-hmm. You know what we're talking about, Ryan? 
Yeah, Brian's Brian's got the powerhouses. Oh shoot, it's like that, Brian. Yeah. Is is built to play 4K or to, to, edit, to edit and render 4K? Nobody can. The server that we have uh, for the talent server decodes everything on a GeForce GTX 1090T. This brother said 1090. Okay. Okay. So most people. So to give you an idea, what we do our stream breeze on <laughs> is only is only a 640. So I'm oh. four generations, four years ahead of that. Dang. So I can I can decode <laughs> I can decode uh, six concurrent streams in 4K, two people watching at home from our house. And when I say people watching at home, that's our talent. This brother said concurrent, dude. Yeah, he didn't say it the same you time. Get, he dude, said concurrent. you get Brian talking about like finance <laughs> and or computers. You, he'll he'll pass me like that's like it's like him and his car on the highway and me and my car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gone. It's ridiculous. Now, have you ever dabbled in like editing music, like mixing and mastering music, and like um, producing music? I've done some, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just more me messing around with. Uh, I, can't, I think it's called it's called Finale. Finale uh, is a music program where it has like different orchestrations and stuff. You can just make your own orchestration. Well, oh, you like trying to make your own beats? Yeah, you, okay. you, you can do it on beats with like Fruity Loops and some other things. But with Finale, you can actually write orchestrations, but it has like virtual instruments, which mm-hmm. will make it sound like a symphony type thing. Yeah. So, um, like, I feel like I feel like you're like me because we have artistic minds, right? And especially being around Patrick, because like we know Patrick was like this too. Yeah. When you find something that you like or you want to do, you won't stop. Like you almost, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You almost obsess over it until until you you're decent at it. Yeah. Like I had a buddy that came back uh, from the military, and he was into music, and he had done music in uh, in where was he at? It's uh, I can see the. in Bush, Bush State, St. Louis. Okay. Because in St. Louis, and they had all this. That's how I started doing music. Mm-hmm. He came back, and he's like, "Man, I want. I really want to do music." I was like, "Well, I look into music." And I got so obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay. I can mix. I can kind of produce more so just uh, like organize, track, okay. like record, and or be the be just be the tech, right. the tech guy, and the, and I know how to set levels and make sure everything's so good. Everything blends nicely. Yeah, and everything, everything blends nice, and I can and I've kind of learned how to master it, how to level everything out, mm-hmm. and like have like I've done a few albums. That we've oh, leveled everything out, and like I feel, have you ever tried that? Like, uh, not the whole mastering aspect. Um, I've done things where um, something like that is por- when I'm doing like little short films mm-hmm. or shooting those type of things, where I'll have uh, like you know when you film on a location, a lot of times you're, unless you get it mic'd right, it sounds like crap. So you got to yeah, do the. That's the hardest thing out of any. Like oh, people God. think that the filming of it is no. like once you set up a shot and it's there, it's there. Yeah. But the audio is so particular and, and so it's insane. Yeah, and people don't realize uh, half of movies is the audio. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You can have a prettiest picture in the world. I can go and film the Sierra Mountains and everything. But if you hear the birds chirping, it sounds like and all yeah. kind of cracking is out of yeah. yeah you hear a car drive by or something. Exactly, you're done. It's so, horrible. So uh, you got to if you don't set up the mics right there, you got to do the ADR where they actually record it over again. Um, and then mix the music in the background. So that's where I would come in with the mastering at that mm-hmm. point. Now going going back to what we we're talking about when like with when, when Ring Divas did their right. the like full like full production movies mm-hmm. like sixty minute full length films. Mm-hmm. Did you had a big part in that? Yeah, um, I would be on set. I would do the BTS for it. I would do the uh, behind the scenes yeah um, shots and stuff. I would. Uh, 
help out. Now, did he, ha- did he have a camera operator, or did he do it mostly? It depends. Um, some of the shots, like the bigger budget ones, the first one he had, like, camera operators and everything else like that. But honestly, after that point, he got to the, such a point where he knew the shots he needed. He just yeah. did everything himself. He strapped yeah. the camera See, on him. That's what I like, – did he use a gimbal? Uh, for most some of it? No, nah, it, it's crazy. He actually got the, um, God, what is it called? It, the glider? It, it, it's not even a glider. It was this, like the, the Steadicam type thing where it was the backpack that had the the um, ledge over the top. Oh, of yeah, it, okay. Where he strapped, because he was yeah. shooting red. Yeah. So he just had the red dangling from there and yeah. move his So he shot everything with the red? Mm-hmm. God, I hate you. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I want, dude, I, if I could buy a camera, it'd be a red. Yeah. The if I if I if I w- was willing to spend money on a camera, it'd be an A7 III. Yeah, Ace. Oh god. But that's see, like one of my goals in life that I haven't achieved yet was is to shoot a full length film, mm-hmm. and I'm so scared to do it. One because I I can't I don't think I have enough attention span to write one mm-hmm. or the willpower to write a full like a full film, mm-hmm. full film. Right. And two, because I, like, I'm so scared that I will get in so deep and the money will get so expensive that it's just like. Now, with that, I, I want to go ahead and quell your fears right, fears right now because it sh- you, that shouldn't be your main concern. Your main concern is go ahead and write to go mm-hmm. ahead and get the experience of writing out your system. Yeah. You, can, you, you might have a first script. It might be bad or whatever, but you go ahead and keep on writing till you get it down perfect. Yeah. And then at that point, write something that you know is going to be kind of inexpensive to film. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if you write a story about it's all about inside of a house and it's about three people and three locations are inside the house. Yeah. You don't have to worry about location. You can yeah. have catering right there. You know what I'm saying? So at least you can do it baby steps. And then once you get that movie out your system, you're mm-hmm. like, well, I want to expand out to different parts of the city. And then you can show people, hey, I've made this whole movie right here. Can you help me out with this? Yeah. And then just broaden the... Spectrum see, a little later. Yeah. Then. See, my big my big thing is like the way my brain works is I see mm-hmm. the end product and I work back. Okay. So when I see the end product, I see like this this ridiculous film mm-hmm. with all these different scenes, right? And, like just like you see in a movie. And you seen it with the visual effects yeah. on your head. Yeah, and I can just else. see it. And if I don't, if it doesn't get to that point at you the end, then it's all it's a failure. Mm-hmm. No matter the success of what people think about it. Right. That's that's the one bad part about my brain. Yeah. He, but that's what makes me good with wrestling is when we when I produce wrestling segments, mm-hmm. it's I can see the, the crowd interacting with it. I mean, it just for and, and this isn't to make me sound like a genius because I'm not. It's just I've had experience and I can right. and I can understand. And if you and I'll give you the tools that if it's done right, like I I can ex- I know what to expect the crowd's reaction mm-hmm. to be. Like I told two guys tonight, I said, listen, if you guys do all this right. And it's a good. You feel like it's a good match. Then you can do the show respect to each other. Mm-hmm. But I. But the crowd will be chanting, "Please come back." Yeah. Or both these guys, mm-hmm. and they did both of those. Right. Right. So it's just like you see, you can, like, map out and see in your head from a mm-hmm. film perspective, like this is what it's going to look like. Here's the thing I want you to think about. You have all the tools right now. It's just that the vocabulary is different. Yeah. So instead of thinking about things like, oh, I'm writing in, maybe the crowds, the audience might not like this pitch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Think of it in the realm of your audience is your uh, the crowds for wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you know how to work, uh, take a couple of workers, take a couple of boys, tell them how to get through a match to bring the most out of a crowd, to bring the emotion out. Yeah. That's the part of writing right there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you have all the tools. You just label them with different names. 
Gotcha. So I see what start, you're saying. start believing yourself because you have everything you need. You just need to go ahead and just realize, hey, I've been doing this. I just call it this here, this yeah. time just, of life. Just take it. Take it the steps in a different analogy. To, right. Just or place the steps to, to what you're trying to do as opposed to. Because you've been doing the exact same thing that you would be making a movie. Instead of yeah. having a written a script, you're telling them how to map it out. So what what was the feeling of, like when you when you guys finished the movies and mm-hmm. you saw the full picture? Do you, is it a feeling of accomplishment? Is it a feeling of like thank God this is over? Um, is it like you ran a marathon? You just crossed the finish line? Like did it, did did, did, they, did they do like showings of the movies? Yeah, um, at the end of the filming process, there's always the thank God you know, whoo yeah. marathon we done got that out the way, uh, fourteen sixteen hour days sometimes, but. Uh, we all knew it was worth it. We all had a vision of what had to get done. Like Patrick had his vision of what needed to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would relay that to the different departments who needed to go ahead and do that. Yeah. So all the departments knew, knew everybody hadn't like if everybody was Legos, you know what I'm saying? And if he would say, okay, I need this many blues over here. I need this many reds, this whole here to get everything together. Yeah. And once you got everything together, you had a, a big spaceship, you know, you happy. Yeah. So it's God. just like once everybody knew what they had to do and stick to the plan, everybody's good. See, um, I wish I could do that. Yeah, but you, I don't have the organizational skills, man. You, like I'm always, I'm, I'm always, and I hate it about me, which I'm getting better with PWX. Mm-hmm. I'm always a one man army. Like Thank I do everything, and then it's like, and I've talked about this with the conversation I had with Jake, and I had talked about it with Brian. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I, I think I have to do everything. But let me ask you a question, though: Do you have to do everything? I don't. Like because the thing, yeah. if you feel like it's so, so much of your baby right now that you have, you put feeling all the sh- weight on your shoulders right now, and you don't have to. You have a lot of great talented people here. Yeah, like, heck, you got Brad who can help you out with taking care of talent and stuff. You got Kev, you got Eric, you got other people here who can step up and help. Well, you out. well, that's like that was a transition period for me. Is that we 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 gained success with, with me and Brian's vision of this company. Okay, right. But what would happen if we allowed other people's vision to come in and mm-hmm. possibly make this company better? Because mm-hmm. that's the risk that you take when you allow other people to embark on that vision with you right. or to piece their their ideas for that vision. Mm-hmm. Like, is is this going to make the company better mm-hmm. or is it going to make it worse? And that's what we continuously battle about mm-hmm. in our heads and, and when we talk. Is this, like, is, is, like, moving forward, is this... Like are we are we are we continuing the upslope or did, since bringing people in are we going back down? Because there have been instances throughout the entire life of this company mm-hmm. where like we bring people in and let them help and then it goes downhill, mm-hmm. and then they, then when you bring other people in it goes uphill. I think and, it sounds like I didn't mean to cut you. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Um, this is your this is your episode. They hear me talk <laughs> every week. Um, yeah, too it, much. It, I think that if you think of you guys as more of a um, not a corporation, but like you have your own company, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you know how different companies have different mission statements, whatever, and you look for a certain level of excellence. Um, you know what has worked in the past. Yeah. So y'all know that's there. So when you have other people come help you out, you can go ahead and battle. Like, look, I know what works. I know this will work. But what would you do to tweak it? Yeah. And just get their input. I Even get, if you don't use their input, they're going to love the fact that you did take their input. Yeah. And like you keep, keep your core values and your core, and your core piece, your core pieces of the, pro, of the I'm going to say property for lack of a better term, right. that make it successful. Absolutely. But allow, that's, I mean, that's what I'm doing now. It's mm-hmm. just like, we got, we, we did the lights and the lights, like you and Cliff do the lights mm-hmm. for us. And it's amazing. And it's added so much to the, to the visibility it. of the product. 
And then we, I'm letting Eric take over the production piece, mm-hmm. and him and his team are amazing at, oh, yeah. at doing the eye pay per views and the, and it's just it's less I have to do, but it's like more like I think I, I can't remember who I talked to about this. It's more about me helping Brian steer the ship mm-hmm. in the right direction without having to worry about the production piece or right or the lighting piece or the you know what I mean? Yeah, and you got to think of it this way: if it's one thing if you're driving like a a rowboat, you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if the company started off as a rowboat, it's okay for you to be that one guy because you're yeah. taking care of your destiny. But yeah. when the company gets bigger, you get a schooner, you get you a yacht or whatever, yeah. you're going to need more hands on deck to help you keep that thing going in the right direction. Yeah. That's a good analogy. I didn't think this was going to go this way. <laughs> but I like it. Because, because, I mean, call it what it is, people can have whatever opinion they have with Ring Divas, but it was mm-hmm. a very successful company Indeed. for a very long time. Oh, yeah. That made a lot of money. Like, did he have you guys on payroll? Um, no, we like, but like, when we got paid when we had here we got paid real good. So yeah, I so no I mean complaints. it was it was like you get paid per job. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean because like that would impress me even more if mm-hmm. you were on payroll and it was like oh my god he was making way <laughs> too much money. Like I already know he was making a lot of money and I hate him for it. But good, no, I'm, I mean just I'm just kidding, Patrick. If you ever listen to this, but uh, he won't. But uh, but yeah, like it's it's crazy. But it's. I feel like you have to have conversations like me and you're having mm-hmm. right here. I mean, fortunately for my listeners, the, this is going on with us. <laughs> and this is the first time we've ever sat down and talked about this kind yeah. of stuff. This, first, this is the longest conversation me and you have ever had, which <laughs> I love because I tell everybody, and, I, and I, I need to put it at the first of my show, it's like every time I have these like interviews, it's, it's like we, I get to know the person better. Right. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's like I, then we have a new respect for each other at the end of it, and that's but that's like that's that's what I need because I could I feel like I could have a successful video production company. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I, it's one is self confidence. Mm-hmm. I don't have the confidence to go out and do it. Uh, I think with confidence comes your ability to network. Right. I can network in wrestling all day long, mm-hmm. all day every day. When it comes to business stuff, I, I get nervous. I get kind of, I don't know, I don't want to do this. I don't want to overstep my boundaries type mm-hmm. things. And it's and I listen to podcasts about people like, just what's the worst I can say is no. Yeah. And you're just like, I know that, but still, it is just there's opportunities. Of- and then, like in the past, I've always had the issue of overfilling my plate mm-hmm. and not being able. And then I'll get it so overfilled, I just be like, I'm not doing anything anymore. Right. I'm, tired, I'm tired of this shit. I can't do it. I'm so worn out all the time, blah, 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 blah. But then, like, with wrestling, I mean, that's, like, me and my girlfriend have this conversation all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm so burnt out on wrestling, and I've talked to people about, like, I'm, I just want to be done with wrestling. I've done it for 15 years. Mm-hmm. I've been in the management piece of it for eight years. I'm just so burnt out on it. But it's like we have the New Japan stuff. Right. We have all these opportunities, and, it's, and in my head, you're sitting there thinking, you've done this for so long, mm-hmm. and now, like, especially with the weight of a kid, being mm-hmm. born and you having a kid coming up and it's like I had I've had I've had I've said this a lot so people are gonna get quit like get tired <laughs> of hearing me talk about it. <laughs> like you have you, now you have a like a an infant going into like seven or eight months mm-hmm. and that adds so much more pressure onto you right. not only in financial perspective but like in life perspective of time mm-hmm. time management. But it's like I, I've worked my ass off for fifteen years to get these opportunities to work with companies like right. New Japan. And if I walk away now what uh, like how do, how do you work for something that long to finally get the opportunity and then you walk away from it brother uh, it's one of those things where right now 
I hear what you're saying. Yeah, definitely be there for your kid, be there for your family and everything else. That's an important thing. Um, but you also got to be there for yourself, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because the thing is, you have worked so hard to get these opportunities, and you would be more remiss if you walked away at this point knowing that you've got yourself to the point to have these opportunities than not take advantage of these opportunities. Yeah. And then walk away and be like, what if? Yeah. That what if it was going to burn your ass, dude? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. And, so, I, and I've always been one of those. No, I, I, can't, I can't live with a what if. Yeah. But it's also, and also on the other side of that coin, when you work so hard, you overlook how privileged and lucky you are to be a part of something. Mm-hmm. So I try, to, I try to keep that reality like, in the picture as well as like, yes. And it's crazy because we, me and Brian are always looking at it like this is just the company that we run. Like this is the company that Brian owns. This is the company that I help him mm-hmm. make sure it's successful. We do it all the time, all day, every day. We're doing something for PWX. Mm-hmm. And then... And then, uh, and it's easy to get caught in the hustle, right? And not understand how lucky you are to be a part of something. Because mm-hmm. like people, people today, it's so weird to me when people come to me. Like you saw it. Mm-hmm. Me and Brad were sitting here after the show, and people come up here like, uh, "Can I send you some stuff?" Like all nervous. And I'm like, Dude, "You ain't got to be nervous around mm-hmm. me." But I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm here because people gave me. I used to say this in my shoot job when I, mm-hmm. I was in management. All right. When people would come in for interviews, I'd say, "Listen, I see that you're nervous." Don't be nervous. We're just normal people. Mm-hmm. Like the only reason that we're here is because we've gotten we've gotten so lucky that we've had opportunities to get here. That's good, and and that's why we're here. Like we were just we were just like you. We sat in the interview chair just like you, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what I, sh- I should tell wrestlers is like, listen, I was a shitty wrestler one time. <laughs> I was, and I was begging for bookings, and I was trying to get out there. I was trying to get seen. Like I've been there. Like this is this is how it is. Like this is. Yeah. Let me say just one thing, though. I just wanted to point out that's what makes you, Brian, and PWX are so, so special to begin with because y'all do have that kind of attitude where y'all understand where the boys are coming from. Yeah. A lot of people, you've gone to different shows, and the bosses or the, the management are just straight a-holes to everybody. They're like, yo, this is my show. I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that beats down on all the guys. So when they come here, it's a breath of fresh air, and they're like, oh, wow, you're actually – cool you actually want to help me out or oh you're going to listen to my situation okay cool well it's just like like me me and brian share the same vision of like we're we're able to kind of live our dream Mm -hmm. by doing this and it sucks sometimes it's amazing sometimes Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) and like that's just like taking like taking you taking eric and his team taking pierce taking some of the pws wrestlers when we got the opportunity with new japan Mm mm-hmm like that meant the world to us because not only like it's amazing when me and Brian could get flown to Nashville mm-hmm. and like do the do the New Japan show, stay in a hotel, right. hang out with the office, and then fly home. But the the beautiful part of all that is we had all our friends with us. And do like, can I just say one thing real quick? I want to thank you and Brian so much for the New Japan show opportunity. Let me tell you where I start off with wrestling real quick. Well, okay, of course. Are you gonna get emotional? I get. I ain't scared. Hell yeah, I'm getting a little emotional okay. on this. Just I love be, it. You're gonna um, make me get emotional. And Brian's gonna start crying. Uh, just because when I first was in college and stuff, um, I actually me and my boy uh, D, uh, who was last when he wrestled, uh, we we took Japanese class. Nice. Uh, together, and we were both at art school at the same time, so we're in different cla- same classes and everything else. Mm-hmm. We actually took what we learned in Japanese class to translate the 
um, New Japan, the Shindy Home. Yeah. Um, nice. The, uh, the instruction manual for the game for PS3. Yeah. So we were sitting there. We learned all that. We learned the kanji. We learned the katakana and everything else. Uh, fast forward to me actually working the show with you guys. Yeah. And I'm sitting there holding the actual same PlayStation 3, uh, PlayStation game while working with New Japan. And I was like, That's oh, amazing. my God, this is so crazy right now. This, so I appreciate the hell out of that. Dude, Thanks, that's, that's what I like. That's what I told. I think I told Brad. I told somebody. Like Brad did the spotlight mm-hmm. for the Charlotte show. Yeah, he was upstairs. On and that. I was like, I don't care what you like. I don't care what you did for that show for us for our team. Mm-hmm. Like for the PWX people that were helping with that show, or I should say for the New Japan team because we were all Team New Japan that right. night. Uh, I said you like you were a part of. A New Japan, Japan show, show. Yeah. like and and I told I think in the podcast episode with Eric I said out of all the companies that I ever thought I'd work for in wrestling like mm-hmm. I mean and and it's I'm just now getting to where I'm like I think I'm good enough to, re- to work for WWE or I think I'm good enough to work for like maybe AEW or Impact or somebody like that right like the last people that I ever thought that I'd be a part of like the last company I'd ever thought I'd be a part of is New Japan Pro Wrestling like it it would never cross my mind until the opportunity like arose like through like and it didn't I mean me and Brian were able had like had the luxury or I should say the privilege of bringing our team on because they trusted us right but I mean none of that could have been possible without people like Kevin Kelly and like Rocky Romero and just people vouching for us I mean it, it comes. I mean, I know Elgin's kind of out of sync with them now, but Elgin and Sammy and mm-hmm. like Juice Robinson, yeah. like told us like when he came in, he loved us. And it's just, yeah, it's it's it's, it's insane. It's in like like we're still in contact with him about some future dates, and it's just like Dude. I don't I don't. <laughs> it's insane to me it, that I get emails. It, it is one thing. <coughs> Excuse me. That you actually like you when you see in the email, you actually see the at New Japan or whatever it says. And yeah, you're like, yeah. oh my god. Yeah, it's dude, insane. Like, how about the, the craziest part for me was well, one of them was January fourth, waking up at about like two o'clock in the morning so mm-hmm. I could watch Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, live. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and then like maybe. February No, it was February the yeah, yeah. 3rd and 4th. Yeah. No, February like 2nd and 3rd. Less than a month later, I am helping out running a New Japan show. Yeah. I was geeked. So I was like, It's insane. Insane. <laughs> like, that's the crazy... That's the thing that... When I tell people to follow their dreams, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's like you can't... Yes, I ha- I've had the same full-time job for the past 15 years mm-hmm. working in an ER. Right. And doing what I do there. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm really good. I mean, I guess I'm really good at what I do there because mm-hmm. they kept me around for 15 years for the same company. Right on. And, but, like, I've found that very unique path that I can work a full-time job, but my full-time job allows me to live my dream outside of that. Mm-hmm. And f- it's insane. Like. Dude, do me a favor then. Follow your dreams and make sure you do stick with your movies and stick with everything oh, else. Oh, I, I, I try, I'm trying to. Okay. I feel like I, that's the reason I'm, I, I recorded four. I'm going to record four <laughs> podcast episodes this week. Mm-hmm. And that's because I feel like I'm just now getting back to where I can, like, not, I don't, the, the, wrong, the wrong term is getting control of my life since the baby was born. Right. But it's just like I'm just now getting back to where I can do what I used to do mm-hmm. without feeling bad because I'm not with the baby. 
You know, does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. It's it's not it's not that I don't want to spend time, but I, I I'm the well, baby's you, not not an infant, not like two you, or three you, months old. You, you're learning your time management skills, or because the whole thing was when that first part of the time the baby was there, when the first baby just got here, it was all about the baby because it, the timing, like two every two hours, need to be fed. Yeah, get, get, get. yeah. Now, now the baby's getting on the schedule, so your extra older, schedule is coming and back it's not, to you. It, and, it, it's still a lot yeah. to take care of them, but it's not as much, right? And, uh, but it's also, I have found, I don't do it, but I want to start doing it. I have found if I wake up at like four in the morning mm-hmm. and have a cup of coffee and knock out everything I need to do yeah. between four and five thirty when I need to start getting ready for my full-time job, mm-hmm. dude, I can get so much done yeah. while everybody sleeps and I can just. Dude, that, it's, that's one of the best lessons to learn for yourself is how to steal time for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Because that's a lot of people don't do that. They'll rather just sleep in and like, oh, I got to get up at 7 or I got to get up at 8. But if you go ahead and get up at like 5, 4.30, whatever, I, hey, while everybody else is sleeping, that's perfect time for you to go and grind some things oh, out. Oh, dude, it's, it's like I'll, I'll watch successful vlogs on YouTube, and mm-hmm. they say, like, or The Rock, mm-hmm. like he says, I wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning yeah. and I go work out, and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and go work out. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to train myself where I wake up at 4 in the morning and knock out everything I need to do that right. I can do within the hour and a half and then, then get ready for, like, the the daily grind of regular job. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a time management thing, but I feel like I'm getting back into my groove. Right. Because, like, when I first started the podcast, I love this podcast because I do so, I've done so much for other people. Mm-hmm. Like, this is my time. This is my thing to do for me. Right. Like, I have full control of it. I don't have to ask anybody if they like it. I don't have to, like, I can talk about what I want to. Like, when I have mm-hmm. you on, we, I was like, I might talk about music. I might talk about wrestling. I might talk about, my keys are in there. Okay. Uh, I talk about. All, I can talk about whatever I want to. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about doing movies, and you're giving me like advice on this, and you're <laughs> encouraging me. I love that. I love that piece of it. Man, I got you. If you need more help, oh yeah, man, I need to. Help. Like when I get into that stuff, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you to help me All do right, cool. some of it. We need. I need to help you do more with PWX stuff. Okay, but it's yeah. It's just like that's the beauty of sitting down talking, <laughs> like having these conversations, and just and that's, getting a chance to talk and figure yeah, things out. Like, yeah, like I'd I'd never. It's crazy because, and I'm not, and I'm kind of selling my podcast methods to to the audience, but I'm not because, like, when you sit down, and this is the beauty of podcasting, because you don't have to do commercials, you don't Mm -hmm. have to, like, you can sit down and talk about whatever you want to, right? There's no game plan at all going. So organic, it just goes wherever it needs to go. And this, and this, this is like a conversation that a lot of people can learn from. But if if we both drank, it'd be something that (laughs) we'd have a beer over. You know what I mean? Right on. But yeah, it's. What's what's uh, like to close it out? What's another interesting fact about you? Ooh. We're gonna treat this like like first day of college. Please uh, tell me your name and an interesting fact about yourself. Icebreaker time. Forty five uh, minutes into the conversation. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, damn. Uh, yeah, I've been. Uh, it, it goes back. Oh, God, this is gonna suck so much. But yeah, I'm a big avid wrestling fan. Like, it's not one of the things I just learned to love. It's like. <laughs> Uh, my mom has been take me. Shout out to Willie. Hey, um, she is, is that your mom? Yeah, Willie, Willie, yay, yay. Um, love you, ma. <clears throat> anyway, you know, gotta get back my gangster and everything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, she used to take us all the like Jim Crockett promotions, like everything here. Like they used to run out of um, 
yes, I am. Uh, they used to I'll run out of uh, Independence Arena all the time. So yeah. we went ahead yeah. seen uh, Full Horseman. Old NWA? Versus, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Full Horseman versus in, uh, Magnum TA versus, and Dusty Rhodes and the Russians going against them. Uh, we saw uh, uh, Tommy Young in there. He was just kicking Ric Flair. Like, he was one of the first refs I ever saw who actually got, like, Ric Flair just to bump for him. Like, Ric nice. push him and he'd push yeah. back and go, bam, straight down. Yeah. Like, oh, snap. Um, uh, yeah, like, Chief Wahoo, like, all those cats. Like, I remember, like, almost crying when I saw, like, Pistol Pez Watley, like, cut Jimmy Valiant's hair and everything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, wrestling fan, uh, I love movies. Um, yeah, it, we could talk in video, uh, movie quotes all day long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm kind of one of those nerds. But, uh, yeah. Um, you love what you love, bud. Yeah, I love what you love, brother. And you video game fiend, too? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I, I, I can smash a couple people in video games, but. <laughs> yeah. Do you play online? Uh, I do every now and then. But, do you uh, play Fortnite? No, but I need I've to. Ne- I've never played that game, and it looks <laughs> the most confusing game I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm one of those people that I had buddies that played uh, Call of Duty oh, when yeah, it was I, big, like I Modern Warfare. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would get on there, and all of them would have like 12 or 13 kills, mm-hmm. and I'd have like two. It was like 20 deaths. <laughs> and, I, and I would get so pissed off because I'd just be walking. Like I'd, I'd like spawn. Bam. I'd be trying to find my point. I'd be walking, and somebody snipe me. And I'd be like, what? The, the hell, hell is happening? <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's like, and then I start. Then you start thinking about it. You're like, dude, if I was in the military and mm-hmm. I was in war, I would, I'd be dead like within the first week. Man, and there ain't no clue for it. I was like, uh, I started getting to the point where it got a little bit better, but uh, then they changed the game, and you're like, okay, well, I can't really do the World War II yeah. thing. And then you're like, I'm waiting for the next one to come out. Then you're like. <laughs> How do, oh. Yeah, how do you expect me to kill somebody with a musket with a blade on the end of it and have to run up and stab? Exactly. Them? Like I, 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 I did. This wasn't what I signed up for. Like when I did Call of Duty, I want Call of Duty. I didn't want the whole. Uh, yeah, y'all, y'all don't yeah. kill me and everything. Because, bullshit. You know, I, 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 I loved modern. I'm sorry. I love modern warfare. Dude, modern warfare was the pinnacle. Yeah, the, the, the cutscenes mm-hmm. of modern warfare were insane. Oh. If you looked at the trilogy, one, two, and three of modern warfare, get out of here. Yes. Probably the best video game story. Yeah, story and gameplay ever. Mm-hmm. And also, one of my favorites was uh, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon. Yes. On Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. Because, because I love that one because when you played the team, mm-hmm. you had to be a team. Oh, yeah. You couldn't go rogue on your own and, and kill a bunch you of people. You hit. Yeah. Like, you, when, you remember when you had, it had the map that had the mountain and then it had like the valley where the ocean was at yeah. the bottom, and you, you had either run run across the top of the mountain or you have to go down to the beach. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Like if you went down to the beach by yourself, you're getting murdered. You get murdered, son. No, yeah, no, <laughs> no chance of survival at all. But if you were a team and you'd station up everybody mm-hmm. and you talk to people right, and you, you pop people off, and you, yeah. yeah, dude, oh, that's the great. Like if if they made games like that where you had to be like a team where I could get like five or six of my buddies oh, yeah. to jump on there, I'd, I'd buy an Xbox One right now. <laughs> I would buy that game, and I'd be like, listen, anybody that wants one, let me find one for $150 on, on Craigslist. I I'll get you, and we'll knock it out. Only thing is you got to promise me y'all can meet up at Thursday from 6.30 yeah, to like 9.30. This is it. This like, is in this the con- is game Yeah, time. this is the, in the contract, or else I take the Xbox One back and I sell it on Craigslist. <laughs> oh, and God of War, that's another one of my big things. Dude. This is a funny story about God of War. <laughs> uh, when God of War came out, no, I'm not thinking about God. I'm thinking of Gears of War. 
Mm-hmm. Did you ever play Gears of War? I played. I'm not thinking about God of War. God of War is the guy, the Kratos, silver guy yeah, with the, the whole, lightning bolt. Killed in all the Zeus and everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Gears of War is a funny story. Mm-hmm. Like that game was scary as shit. Yeah. And uh, I, at the time, me and my roommate Michael, uh, I, I instead of buying a TV when I got in my apartment, I bought a projector. Mm-hmm. And like, so everything we watched from on TV oh, was on a projector <laughs> up against the wall. <laughs> So, like, that's when the Ghost Recon thing came out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, so when you four people would play on the same Xbox, you'd, oh, have, dude, like four, you got- you'd have, like, four TVs right there. So you'd have four people playing. Yeah, looking at, like, 32-inch screens at that Oh, point. exactly. Jeez. So me and my buddy, like, I bought Gears of War. And me and my buddy were playing Gears of War. And it's, like, split screen. Mm-hmm. So you have two people. And, dude, like, when you're, when you're on that level where that big-ass gray guy is running at you like and run busting through walls and shit, mm-hmm. dude. We'd be like, ah, <laughs> y'all running, ah, most ridiculous thing ever. Like think about Resident Evil, Mm-mm. like when when the, like it was something that set up. Oh yeah, Jesus Christ, dude. nightmare. That'd give me nightmare before no. any scary movie. Hell no, like all of those type of stuff, dude. You setting yourself up for failure, bro. Mm-hmm. Like there is no no scenario in those whole situations where you play those type of games, you will not look like a bitch. Oh yeah, I agree. Hundred percent. It's going to happen. One hundred percent. Ridiculous. If you got a if you got a surround sound system too, why you do that? Yeah. And you hear people sneaking behind you and like in the back channel. Yep. Yep. Mm. Done. It's like that ride at Disney World where they can like the alien thing where they blow shit on your legs. Yeah. Like, Disney World. Like and it's like it's like it's called forty or something like that. Oh god. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Well, dude, we're going to get out of here. We've had a long show. Right on. It's been a long weekend. I appreciate you sitting down with me. Appreciate it. It's you been fun. I, thank you for your inspiring words. Not a problem. I, I, got I wouldn't accept them from anybody else. Damn. Love it. Love you, bro. Thank Thanks, you, bro. man. Yes, sir. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Special Podcast. Find all of our old episodes at TuesdaySpecials.com. It's TuesdaySpecial.com. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. All right. Thank you. Yeah.